Hey. Is this thing on? Oh, it is? Word, word. You are now listening to Lecture Hall, brought to you by studentunionsports.com. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. We get to be brothers? Infiltrate the dealers, find the supply. I'm a peacock! You gotta let me fly! Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What is up and welcome to another episode of Lecture Hall brought to you by Stunt Union Sports. It's your boys, Big Appa. Shoes We're back for another episode this week. Let me, Bryce Hop, would be the first to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Shooter! Hit me with the shooter, boys! What's up, guys? Classes in session, and we are already off to a heater of an episode because Hoppa has horrible internet, which makes editing tomorrow morning or this morning when I, when you're listening to this makes it very joyous on my end. Jam packed syllabus, huge news week. Uh, the NBA draft happened, and as I told you, Lamelo Ball did not go number one overall as Hoppa locked that one up. Anthony Edwards, my guy, did go number one overall to Minnesota. Lamelo Ball third. To my Charlotte Hornets. I'm still not sure how I feel about that. Your Charlotte Hornets. My Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Speaking of my Charlotte Hornets, we signed Gordon Hayward to a Nicholas Batum-like contract, which I'm also not sure how I feel about. I need probably two weeks' time to process all this information. What was it? Five years, $120 million? Or three years, $120 million? Something ridiculous for a guy that's barely played the last three seasons? Yeah, you're, you're about to pay him $30 million a year for fun. And um, not to mention we had to stretch Batum's contract to do it. So that's $9 million a year for Batum in the next five years or so. So that's pretty much $39 million a year for Gordon Hayward. Nobody said Michael Jordan was uh, a great GM slash owner. So. Yeah, we know how, how Jordan is with his money. He likes, to, he likes to take a gamble every now and then. Ha, <laughs> Staying in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers pretty much went and, you know, everyone was complaining about roster spots 3 through 10, so they kind of just went out and made roster spots 3 through 10 about as good as any other teams in the league. And I'm ready to give them um, back-to-back rings now. The season hasn't even started, and it's November 23rd, but I'm ready to crown the Lakers the 2021 NBA champs on paper. Nothing nothing like crowning champs on paper. That always, always works out. Just but, as Yankees fans. Absolutely. Always the best team on paper. But the NBA might not be starting on since this week here, November 23rd. But on November 25th, college basketball starts. Can we wait a second before we get to that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so excited. Staying in the NBA yet again, the Phoenix Suns are also out making crazy moves. Are the Suns going to be relevant again? Are we seeing the the closest to a a championship caliber team in Phoenix? Closest they've been since Amari and Steve Nash? Probably. Maybe. I mean, I don't see how they can be any worse. Yeah. 
I mean, they they have five seed written all over them. <laughs> it's the West. Five seed in the West is the one seed in the East. What can we say? That's not true. Okay, college football. No one comes into Ryan Field, would I tell you? I'm counting something. Leave me alone. <laughs> As we spent way too much time talking about last week, the Northwestern Wildcats defended the home turf in Evanston against Hoffa's Wisconsin Badgers. Graham Mertz and the boys went into Evanston, turned the ball over five times, something like that. They don't fucking mow the field! It, oh, God, whatever. Tough week for uh, football teams from Wisconsin. They don't even mow the grass on the field. Wisconsin commits like five turnovers. Uh, it was a defensive battle. Neither offense looked yep. very good. Northwestern came away with the win pretty convincingly, in my opinion. They're currently. Oh my God, you didn't in... even watch the game. I watched the entire game. No, you didn't. You just. You didn't even know what happened the first four drives, I had to tell you. Okay, I missed the first four drives, and I watched every painful second of the rest of it. And there was three phantom. Pass interference calls that you missed. You don't have to tell that me that resulted about in seven Northwestern points. Calls. You don't have to tell me about <laughs> phantom pass interference calls. Since we're there, uh, Purdue lost to Nebraska on Friday night on a phantom pass interference call on Payne Durham on Purdue's go ahead. Nebraska. Who I don't care. They're the same, one and the same. They both suck. Purdue lost. That's sure. all that matters. Payne Durham, phantom interference call on the go-ahead would be game-winning touchdown. I mean, Minnesota would have got the ball back with like 50-some-odd seconds left to see if they could do something, but I don't know. I guess we'll never find out. Uh, Jack Plummer made his first career start. The congresswoman was back home on West Lafayette with an injury. She did not play. Rondell Moore made a season debut. Looked electric. Him and David Bell. Efficiency, I should say. Efficiency. Both, First down machines. Both went over 100 yards receiving. <laughs> I think Bell was at 130 with two touchdowns, and Rondell was at like 109 or something like that. Is it time to say that David Bell is better than Rondell Moore? No. Okay. No. Right. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Rondell is way more versatile. He's just, Rondell's not the lob it up and go get it guy because he's a small slot receiver as to David Bell's a little bigger and you can, he's not DeAndre Hopkins, but that's the role he plays on Purdue's offense. Hmm. Interesting, okay. And we had the Indiana Hoosiers going into the horseshoe, top 10 heavyweight matchup. I said Ohio State would cover easily and for a little while it looked like they were going to. Uh, I don't know if they just took their foot off the gas or they got content or whatever michael Penix jr started to rip that defense apart up 42 to 21 going into the fourth quarter yeah and then Penix threw for borderline 500 yards uh they lost by seven their couple plays go different ways and i mean indiana's right back right back in the thing the shocking thing to me is just how good the indiana defense is they have the most turnovers uh force in the big 10 they have like the number one scoring defense in the Big Ten. They had Justin Fields commit his first three interceptions of the season. He had zero going into the game. He threw three that game. I don't know what it was. It was like quarterback interception frenzy this week. Um, 
maybe just the four, <laughs> yeah. for the four football games I watched had every quarterback throwing picks left and right. Shout out Aaron Rodgers. No rebuttal. He threw one. He threw. Oh, sorry. They had like threw... seven fumbles. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. I would like to point out, though, Indiana, again, um, not great as far as the run game goes, ran as a team for a net negative one yard Yeah, I don't in know. a game where they scored 35 points. I don't know what's up with Stevie Scott. He's one of was one of the premier running backs in the Big Ten, and he's kind of just disappeared this season. They pretty much gave up. Obviously, I mean, you kind of have to give up on the on the run in this game um, when you get down so big so early. Penix wasn't even that efficient. I mean, twenty seven of fifty one, like that's that's hardly over fifty percent. But four ninety one. I mean, they ran they ran with Stevie Scott seven times for six yards, sixteen carries for negative one yards uh, in total, um, but. Freifogel, man, he's he's. I think he's legit. He's better than Filer, uh, however you want to pronounce it. Um, who I would think most people. I don't know. I guess maybe from the outside is the number one receiver. I don't know if maybe that's not actually the case. But Freifogel, seven for two eighteen and three scores. He's freaking legit. Uh, the the Indiana defense did give up six hundred and seven total yards. Got out uh, gained by about one hundred and ten yards. Uh, both teams kept it pretty pretty uh, clean. Uh, in the penalty game, but so it'll be interesting. I mean, you mentioned Indiana. Um, Indiana is going to be, um, you know, they've the like combined record, I think is like three and 13 or like four and 12 um, or four and 14, maybe uh, with uh, Penn state going to zero and five. So of the, of the four teams that they've beaten. Um, so I don't think we know yet. I mean, the, they obviously showed a lot of fight. Tom Allen, head coach, had the video uh, last week of him hugging his son who had to get carted off with a knee injury, and then this week crying, basically crying in the locker room after uh, because of the fight that Indiana put up. They're frisky. They're good. Um, it took it took 28 second half points, two touchdowns in the third and the fourth to make this a close one. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be an interesting thing to watch going forward how the Big Ten plays out. Um, with uh, Wisconsin having to play Indiana Northwestern now having a cupcake schedule uh, left and then Wisconsin having a tough schedule left to see if, and see if Ohio state can run into anybody who's going to give them a closer game, which I doubt when they have Illinois Michigan state and Michigan left. Yeah. The only thing maybe is maybe Michigan can get up for, for a rivalry game. They might, you know, pop a, couple blue pills if they want to get up that high but you know rivalry games you throw out the records anything can happen speaking of rivalry games bedlam oklahoma state oklahoma talk about getting up for uh, a rivalry game oklahoma basically owns uh this rivalry game i like what point do we call it not a rivalry anymore when they stop giving it a name like bedlam well then, I, I I support I would support a motion to never call it the Bedlam rivalry or whatever you want to call it again. Uh, Oklahoma just has essentially dominated from 
uh, from the jump from the first meeting in 1904 when Oklahoma won 75 to nothing. <laughs> it's been pretty much just uh, all Oklahoma. Oklahoma leads the all-time series 90 to 18 and seven ties. Uh, uh, Oklahoma has the longest win streak of 19 games that ranged from 1946 to 1964 and is on a currently six-game win streak as well. Yeah, it's the Big 12 version of Michigan and Ohio State. Absolutely. It's, it's very one-sided. From 1946 to... 1965 it took that long and and not to mention so oklahoma state in 65 and 66 won back-to-back games by the score of 17 16 and 15 14 yeah i saw this weird stat that it like split it split oklahoma's like point totals into like four or five different categories and the bedlam game was like ou points scored at home points scored away Points scored as a ranked team. Points scored as not a ranked team. Points scored when Oklahoma had Barry San- or a state had Barry Sanders. Points scored when they didn't have Barry Sanders, and they were all like fourteen hundred points or higher. And then it was Oklahoma State points total, and it was like fourteen sixty two. Yeah, it's some of the like the games that Oklahoma wins. Uh, like so the first. <laughs> Oh my God! Here, ready for this stat? So the first eight games, I'll rattle off the score quick: seventy-five zero, twenty-three zero, sixty-seven zero, eighteen zero, twelve zero, twenty-two zero, sixteen zero, and seven to zero. It took not. It took to the ninth game of the Bedlam rivalry. It went. It spanned ten years from nineteen oh four until nineteen fourteen for Oklahoma State to score a point in the rivalry. <laughs> Took them nine games. That is insane. I'm about to tweet that. That's nuts. Yeah. And so then, and then the scores after that 28 6, 26 7, 41 7. Oklahoma AM at the time then won 19 to zero, or 9 to 0. And then after that, I went Oklahoma 27 0, 33 6, 36 0, and 6 0. <laughs> oh my God. They probably, I'm pretty sure, I bet if I were to count, Oklahoma has sco- held Oklahoma State scoreless in more games than Oklahoma State's won in the rivalry. 18, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Let's see. This is terrible, but 25, 26, 27. Uh, let's see. 28. 28 wins when, and given up zero. Like 28 keeping – 28 wins when they've kept Oklahoma State scoreless in the rivalry, which, which if you took the whole series – would be 28 to 18 <laughs> 28 to 18 advantage to Oklahoma that is terrible it's, we spent entirely too much on that how but. can you even, yeah how can you even call that a rivalry they have kept you scoreless more times in the rivalry than you have won games that is oh, absurd somebody stop stop the count if you will yeah stop the count 
Oklahoma State's in the streets yelling, <laughs> it is over. You know what? It's not over. Absolutely. Though. Our partnership with Gibbs Grooming. Hoppa, yeah. you want to tell the kind folks about our friends over at Gibbs? Oh, my goodness. What I love to. What a lead in there. And you know what? There's no way to be a better leader. You know, we're getting to November football, the end of the college football season. We're getting to the second half of the NFL season, the nitty gritty, when you really need a leader. You can be a leader by going to gibbsgrooming.com, G-I-B-S-G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G.com, gibbsgrooming.com. You can head there and be a leader and use the code HALL15, H-A-L-L-1-5, HALL15, to get 15% off of a range of assorted products from their sick merch to the Wash Buckler Soap Bar, the Alpha Male uh, Beard Oil, any one of the great beard oils, my favorite being the Colorado Kid. The Colorado Kid it smells great, feels great. You got the Wash Buckler Soap Bar. I think I already mentioned that. That's my favorite. Keeps me from stinking up the joint. But you can use any one of those products, and you can use the code HALL15, H-A-L-L-1-5, HALL15, to be a leader today. All right, Hoppa, you alluded to it earlier. College basketball season is upon us. As far as I know, oh, the yeah! start Wednesday night, I believe. At least I know my Creighton uh, Blue Jays women's basketball team plays Wednesday night. I don't know exactly when men's basketball starts, but I know it's this weekend. We've got the preseason tourneys. However, they're doing those this year. Certainly not as much of a destination thing as they have been in years past Hoppa, what are you looking forward to it's college basketball season this year yeah uh, like you mentioned i mean already on the slate if you go to espn um there's four six uh seven eight let's see a ton eight eleven fifteen seventeen eighteen games postponed uh, and I believe I know Duke um, postponed the game. I did not check to see if that is theirs is included. Eighteen post uh, postponed games. The men's season starts on Wednesday night. My Wichita State Shockers, who I'm gonna support despite bad coaching. I support the team and not condone the things that happen. Uh, we're gonna have a new coach, but uh, it's Wednesday, November 25th. Uh, we are. I'm I'm excited. One game that is going to be awesome. It literally goes all day. The first game starts at 8 a.m. San Francisco and Towson uh, in the Bubbleville tournament. Uh, at 10.30, though, there's a game that I'm going to be looking out for. Rhode Island Austin. Both of these teams are teams that in the last couple of years can be teams that you can pick in your bracket uh, who are going to be – who are really strong, really tough programs, really consistent programs that are going to be uh, – ones you want to watch out for but we go through all day there's not too many lines yet out there but i think i might be doing i really want to do this uh i was thinking about this this year is how to do like a pick them where we can be interactive and get people in it as well like with nfl games even if it's just like like straight up and that kind of stuff or you can like see my picks and we can just kind of like go along as but we can we can talk about the logistics of that later but if that's something you people would be interested in, comment or something, however you want us to see you, like DM us, tweet us, Beastie Hops, and at Twitch35 on Twitter. If you'd be interested in that. But games all day. Um, 
man, Memphis St. Mary's is going to be interesting. Memphis obviously uh, just had James Wiseman. Was he picked second? Second, yes. Yeah, picked second uh, after playing three games and then uh, going into the draft. But Penny Hardaway's there. Coach St. Mary's, another program that's been consistent that gets overshadowed in the, that West Coast Conference by Gonzaga, who I believe is the number one. Yep, is number one currently in the AP pool to start the season. Uh, and then, as you, I mean, as you go through the day, a lot of these games, there's no, nothing too crazy, um, nothing too crazy going on, but it's college basketball. You never know what can happen in college basketball, even uh, once we get closer to March, especially. But I'm excited, man. I'm just, what can, I mean, how else? Like, it's November. Like, it's time for college basketball. We're going to have college basketball. There's going to be football. There's college football. Obviously, we don't know what bowl season is going to look like, but bowl season is going to be here. And then, like, between and, and then the NBA. Oh, man. We're just, this is, we're getting to one of my favorite times of the year. March is specifically my favorite time of the year. Um, and so we should probably figure out how, how to do it. But I have, uh, every year I tweet out my stats or my pit, well, I try to st- I try to stay away from my picks because that's a pretty annoying tweet uh, to go watch and type out in a like readable manner. But I do have a running total of the last, I believe, four years of what my record is through each round, including the first four. Um, so just how many picks I have right. Um, so you guys can roast me on that, and maybe do maybe we'll do a like come March we'll do like a deep dive into my bracket and that kind of stuff. Deep dive into um, Hoppa's bracketology. Absolutely. I, I don't look, I just make the picks. I don't, I, I just watch, I watch the games now, even though they don't matter usually come later on in the season, uh, especially come conference tournaments, but we were robbed obviously this year due to the coronavirus. but now we're here. It's college basketball season. There's uh, supposedly a vaccine coming on the way and it's just time. Yeah. It's I mean, time for college basketball. You uh, you brought up March, and there is some rumors floating around that the NCAA is looking at potentially hosting the entire NCAA tournament in one city, and with the one city I've seen floating around being Indianapolis. And yes. if you recall from a few weeks ago, my biggest takeaway was how sick Lucas Oil Stadium is. The state of Indiana has like nine of the ten largest high school basketball arenas in the country. Um, they have two of the more storied college basketball arenas in the country being assembly hall and Mackey arena. And then obviously they have, uh, Lucas oil and, uh, bankers life downtown in Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis, if you're going to host the NCAA tournament in one, like, I guess city, but more like one state, Indiana's probably the place you have to do it. Uh, I mean, yeah, Lucas Oil obviously is hosted there. I don't know how I feel about it being there. You know, I, Lucas Oil is pretty much a place where my hope hosts and go to I, the Badgers, like what, two and four Big Ten championship games, lost the 2015 national championship game to Duke on bullshit, a clear, um, clear cut, like clear as day, uh, favoring of Duke. In that game, go watch the second half. I dare you to think otherwise. And then, obviously, the Packers just lost there on uh, yesterday. So, Lucas Oil, not a great place for me, especially when you have a Badger team that is currently ranked, I think it's 8th or 7th in the AP poll? 7th. To start the season, even better. 
So they are feeling it. A lot of guys returning, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I might petition to get it away from there. Maybe at one of these high school stadiums uh, uh, or um, arenas. That way, that way we can kind of keep the bad juju away from Luke Soil. Yeah. Can we talk about these three Big Ten teams in the top ten of the AP, AP poll? Not to be a Big Ten homer show. I don't think either of these three teams are as good as their preseason ranking says they are. Interesting. That's an interesting take. I Illinois doesn't lose anybody in the draft. Uh, it'll be interesting. They showed a lot of promise last year, but didn't. I don't think they fully reached their potential. It'll be interesting to see. Is that Brad Underwood? Is he the coach? Yeah, there Brad still? Underwood. They look a little yeah. undisciplined at times, yeah. very yeah. young and mistake prone. Yeah. Then you have a, uh, a uh, in, uh, Iowa team that looks very, um, I, I want to say like 28. 18 Badger, 2017, 2018 Badgerish, where they basically run through one person, their big man in the post, Luca Garza, um, who obviously was a stud last year. Did he win the player of the year? Was that no, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. I think he won the wrongfully one. Obi won it. AP player of the year. Wow, Luke will be not, Luke will be excited to hear you say that. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And then the Badgers, I think the Badgers have the best case. Um, in Okay, but like it's legitimately don't lose anybody except for Brevin Pritzel, who uh, gonna miss that that shooting on the outside. But obviously, we're re- returning Nate Reavers, Micah Potter, who you, you could argue is probably the second best uh, player in the conference last year. Obviously, Kobe King, that whole situation played itself out, so he's no longer here. But got the Badgers got better after he he left. Uh, Demetrius Trice, Aleem Ford has looked really good in practice. We'll see how he actually plays. Um, Tyler Wall, um, he was he got a lot of minutes last year. Uh, the now sophomore from Lakeville, Minnesota. Uh, we just keep continuing to take their their guys uh, over there in Minnesota. Those studs uh, that they keep producing, or at least their basketball studs. Um, this team is this team is probably as deep, if not deeper. There's probably eight guys who I would actually trust on the floor at one time. Um, and as much as you're going to say that that is probably uh, biased, I will I will just let all the water be shed off my back. Trevor Anderson, big minutes guy, Jordan and Johnny Davis, freshman. Oh, Brad Davis! I did I didn't even say Brad Davison. Oh my God, this team is probably as deep, if not deeper, um, than that national championship team that wrongfully lost. I think I said Trice as a senior, but yeah, even if I didn't look at that, there's a lot of teams. I think, I don't know if seventh is the, is the best rank for them during the season. Um, and I'm sure that there'll be an early loss. They'll probably go like six and oh, early loss. They'll probably get around like 20 or so probably have that lull that they do in January and then turn it up for March. There's a lot of senior leadership. A lot, of, a lot of guys who can play. Brad Davison has a rule basically. When it comes to talent, I think Iowa and Illinois are better than Wisconsin on pure talent. I think the reason why Wisconsin was able to win the Big Ten last year was because 
they're just more of the veteran team, have a little more experience, a little more discipline to them. Because there were times last year where Wisconsin just looked horrible. They got ran out of the gym in Mackey. Yeah, it was there early were on a few the other cases with Wisconsin just looking horrible, just absolutely horrible. I think that I think ah, I don't know. They just talent wise, I think there's a couple Big Ten teams that are just far and beyond better. But when it comes to the leadership, having veteran guys, four year guys, three year guys, been been through the ringer, Wisconsin's tough to beat, and that's the same thing in football. It's with the Wisconsin athletics as a whole is just we never graduate anybody nobody's ever good enough to leave early so we just have all these guys who are like 27 years old by the time they're finally seniors and then they just i think you mean i think you mean we do graduate our people because they don't leave early (laughs) no we don't graduate them we do no no they they don't graduate somehow they find ways to be there for seven years nigel hayes i'm shocked he's not even on the roster anymore Man, I didn't know Nigel Hayes got to you so bad. I will say, if there's a team, though, that is primed and, you know, Tom Izzo hit that Michigan State team, they get transferred Joey Hauser. Uh, They have junior guard uh, or forward, I should say, Aaron Henry. Uh, um, They got some guys. It'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, senior guard Joshua Langford at the guard uh, uh, position, 6'5", 200. He's a load. They got some talent. They're going to be – they're definitely up there. They're ranked 12th. They're going to be a dark horse. They'll probably 13th. be in that top five you know, you know, early on in the season. 13th, my bad. I can't read. Yeah, the weird but, thing about this AP poll is looking at, all these, looking at all these teams, and I feel like they're just – this is very much based on when we last saw these teams in February of last year because we didn't get to see March Madness last year, so we didn't get to see how good Baylor was going to be. Kansas was number one in the country when everything shut down. Kansas the sixth. Iowa was poised to make a run with Luka. You had Illinois as a dark horse. Obviously, we said Wisconsin won the Big Ten. Villanova's won two national championships in the last five years or so. Gonzaga, yeah. current number one. Are, honestly, they you can call Gonzaga college basketball blue blood at this point. Yeah. Um, as a mid mid major. And then obviously you got the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the North Carolinas in the nine through twenty spot. Um, you have a Creighton team that's supposed to be sneaky good at eleven, but like you don't know what to expect because we didn't get to see a postseason last year. We the last we saw these teams was the end of their regular seasons in February. Yeah, it'll be interesting. On Thursday we get uh we get an awesome game. At twelve thirty in the afternoon of Gonzaga, Kansas, that those will be those teams' first games. Gonzaga, as you mentioned, I mean, continues. I mean, essentially, we. It's so weird. They're like, they don't really, they don't really get those five star guys, but they still produce this talent. Um, a lot of a lot of good players. Uh, on Mark Few team. It's yeah, Mark Mark Few and the. I don't know. I couldn't come up with something good right there. The few bounce forward. I don't know. But this game is uh, they're going to play Auburn as well, The who just self-imposed. I believe it's self-imposed. I'd have to double-check that. Bruce Pearl, again, with a postseason ban um, that Auburn's going to face here. 
Uh, so that means no tournament for them. Um, they weren't going to make the Pearl. tournament anyways. I don't, I don't know. He's he's had um he's got some ball players that have been running through that program. Okoro just like what eighth? They lost like five. I think they just got drafted guys. the other night. This team was not going to be very good. They lost everybody. They were going to they were going to be having Madison Bruce Pearl from the Bachelor lace up for for Auburn. That's how desperate Auburn is for talent at this point. I'd watch those games, but um, <laughs> that's for sure. I definitely watch the games that she is playing. Uh, but uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. Bruce Pearl, like I said, they they have a uh, now a self imposed ban um, that I guess I didn't. I didn't fully check on. Let's see if it's self-imposed. Uh, self-imposed. Either way, um, yep, self-imposed. Bruce Pearl, trouble finds him wherever he goes. It just seems like he can't like figure it out. This is this is though um, part of the. I believe this is the same thing with Arizona that their criminal coach Sean Miller. Miller. Yeah, um, not didn't get any penalty for yet. Um, for the paying the player scandal yet. It, I believe it's the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah. There's right. the, the, the whole the whole process for these investigations. They have a new system, and Arizona is kind of like one of the first schools to test this new system. It's like LS or LSU, Arizona. Um, I think Kansas is potentially in it, going through it. Auburn, maybe. I don't remember exactly. There's like five schools testing out this new process. They're all going to get hit. That's why Auburn is giving themselves the self-imposed postseason ban because usually when teams do that, they know that the NCAA is about to hammer down on them and they just think, if oh, if we ban ourselves, they'll give us less of a penalty. But I think yeah. the NCAA is going to say F off and lay down the wood um, when push comes to shove here. Yeah, they'll be building new courts with everything that they get hit with, with all that wood they get hit with, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, Hop, but, before, yeah. before we get to the segment that uh, everyone – comes here for if you had to pick your final four right now i love on, it on november 23rd because that is what matters the november 23rd final four from bryce big hoppa hopwood who yep. would you pick yeah i know a lot i know everybody that tunes in you know our consistent like 30 30 listeners is super pumped for this i think at the end of the year you are going to see Gonzaga finally get over that hump and, you know, get there. You'll see Villanova. That team, oh, man, that team is just so talented. I really hate that I said that, though. I'm not – I hate – who's their coach? Um, What's his name? You know, he does the commercials, tall. Yeah, Jay. Is it Jay, Jay right? Jay Wright. Yeah, yeah, I think – yeah, Jay Wright. Yeah, I hate him. Jay That's Wright why I don't Jay even – don't even don't even care to remember his name. That's how little I like him. But I think both of those teams. This just it just seems like one of those years. It, it'll they'll either both be in or they'll both both lose in the second round just because they started the year so highly ranked. Um, I do believe that Kentucky will see themselves another Final Four, and I think I think we might see something out of this Michigan State team as well. Um, I, I just think Langford, um, you know, they lost a couple guys this year, but uh, Langford, he's been there a while. I, hey, Tom Izzo, man, and he's one of the reasons that my brackets sucked over the past few years. But, you know, 
the, here's the thing you got to pick. You can't just pick the top four because that's never how it's going to be. You have to pick the four best programs, you know, some consistency. If you're looking for maybe like the elite eight, I'm going to put Wisconsin. Okay. Of course. I don't need the elite eight here. We, we might as well give them a whole field of 68 right now. Oh God. I would love All that. Right, who, are, who are your last four in? <laughs> okay. My last, my last four, my legitimately last four in because I'm stop. Like, I could totally do that for you too. Here's, I could pull the out of my butt. Here's my my college basketball hot take for the 2021 season is that your traditional blue bloods, your Dukes, your Kentuckys, your Michigan States, your North Carolinas, I think they're going to be semi-irrelevant this year. We kind of saw a down year from North Carolina last year. I'm kind of expecting a little a little better from them. I'm not expecting a lot. I don't think Duke's going to be anything special. I don't think Kentucky's going to be anything special. I think these AP preseason rankings right now are kind of not to this extent, but kind of similar to the uh, Penn State football rank, ranked eighth preseason this year. I don't think those rankings are going to hold up. I think we're going to see down years from the traditional blue bloods. My final four. Um, I do have one blue blood here, one that I actually legitimately think is good, but I've got Iowa, Kansas, Texas Tech, Ooh. and Arizona I State. I don't I see I don't hate I don't hate the Arizona State or Texas Tech uh calls at all. A, a ton of talent on those teams. Arizona State has a kid who's basically reminiscent of Harden uh when he got drafted what was it like third in like two thousand nine or 11 or somewhere in there but um they got some dudes too like there's there's some good players on both of those programs um and i i don't hate those at all i think iowa i don't think that they're deep enough outside of luca and i mean we've we saw it with with the badgers uh from like i said like 2017 and 2018 that like that big guy who's gonna give you 20 and 10 a game especially because Ethan Happ couldn't shoot outside of five feet. Um, it doesn't really get you a whole lot of places. We'll see what happens with uh, one of the Bohannon brothers still left. But uh, we'll we'll totally. I, I think it, there'll be an interesting interesting case case study to watch. For what it's worth, Texas Tech plus five fifty on my book to reach the final four. Arizona State plus eight hundred. Uh, I do. So and I do want to get this out of the way now too because I feel like I feel like going into every college basketball season I have to remind people that my teams are as it stands Wisconsin, Wichita State at second and third Seton Hall. Seton Hall has kind of a scary team this year. They Watch had a scarier out. team last year and they didn't get to prove it. Yeah, I know. Miles oh, breaks my heart for that guy, but yeah, just uh for reference for college basketball my teams are Purdue, and then for women's basketball, Creighton, and that's I, it. I'm. I think. I think we should. I mean, obviously, it's a long season and that kind of stuff. We have like five months to go until we get to March. What four or five months to go till we get to March? But I think we should get people on the bandwagon, um, and maybe do like a lecture hall bracket challenge. Like once we get there, do women's and men's because I always do a women's bracket every year. Oh, that I, I don't do too. I always I always chalk four one seeds and in, yep. into the or three one seeds into the final four and then I pick a, a sleeper to go in the other one who never gets there. Never comes close actually. 
Absolutely. I always pick three ones and a two, or if I'm feeling frisky, two twos. I, see, sometimes I get a little wild and I go with two twos, a one, and a three, just to be like, hmm, like imagine how smart I would look if this hit and then it never comes close. Not even close, but that's something, like I said, if you comment or, you know, DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever you have us on, go ahead uh, and maybe we'll start. Maybe, like, give me your name and twitter handle or or however i can reach you the best and then we'll start getting like a group together and make it like a bracket challenge that'd be kind of sick we could probably get a pick on league going on uh espn yeah i don't know yeah like i like i said i was saying earlier i think this is something that would be fun kind of interactive see what people's picks are with the nfl all that kind of stuff rather than me rambling about betting and not even being good at it so yeah especially not being very good at it but speaking of things that we aren't very good good at our nfl winners losers and takeaways (laughs) we are not very good at coming up with takeaways so we have learned that's why we rehash any given sunday and the backup quarterback thing just about every other week so we are not doing takeaways this week but we are still giving you winners and losers i guess you could say our biggest takeaway is that we're just bad at takeaways they're hard to come up with on a weekly basis it's you don't learn much week to week in the nfl so we've come to figure out 11 weeks into the season yeah absolutely that's exactly what i was gonna say our biggest takeaway is that we say the same thing every week we just said it in different words so now we're here biggest winners biggest losers and and if you have an idea Give it to us. We want to know what the fans yeah, want. To please, know. if someone listening to this is just <laughs> screaming, just like these guys suck, please tweet at me or something and tell me how we can be more entertaining because we are very much open for suggestions. Yeah, um, just let it fly. <laughs> how about who's your week eleven or whatever biggest winner? Wow, I think this is the first week you've gotten the week right as well. Besides week one, my biggest winner. Despite losing, is the Las Vegas Raiders. I was hel- contemplating that one. Yeah, um, and obviously as a whole, um, Derek Carr looked fantastic last night, especially in the first half. Um, Darren Waller looked great again. I mean, they just—it's tough. We, I know. I've, I think I said this earlier in the year too, maybe even like three weeks ago, that they just don't have the defense for it. But um, they obviously beat. Kansas City once and they had him on the ropes uh, until that final drive where it looked entirely too easy for Mahomes to just lead his team down the field um, and they led for like a, a majority of the game as well like they kind of like kept going back and forth holding a lead um, so I, Vegas is right there Gruden has them in a good spot what is this year two year three year two year th- three <laughs> Year three, because year one was when they got rid of yep. Mac, and then last year was Mac's second season in Chicago. Yep, so three three years in, he's got him in a good spot. They're probably another good defensive player away from, you know, you know, I mean they're not gonna be they're not gonna be beating Kansas City for the division anytime soon. But that being said, they're gonna probably have that first they're really close to having that first wild card, I think. Um, you know pretty much locked up for the most part it's it's always tough with the afc when because it's it's the west of the of the nfl if you will it's a much deeper um 
deeper conference, uh, in my opinion, especially when you have a team like the Patriots who obviously aren't the team that they used to be. They're going to turn it around. I I think if you count out the Patriots for the next five years, you're silly. But Gruden here in year three got him in a good spot, especially with Derek Carr playing really well. Josh Jacobs is a stud. They got rugs. They got Waller. Like they have the pieces on offense. Their line is good enough. Now it's just up to the defense to stop teams from scoring. Yeah. And you, if you look at the student union sports Twitter today, the social media guru that uh, runs that put a poll out this morning. It's him just for anybody wondering who who the biggest threat to the chiefs and the AFC is. Um, 69% 69% of the people said the Pittsburgh Steelers. The next highest receiving votes was the Raiders at 15% of the vote, followed by the Colts at 10 and the Browns at 6. Yeah, it, I, it's. I think there's a legitimate case there. Um, the Raiders, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm high on the Raiders. I We like guys quarterbacks who aren't that great Derek Carr is a court he's he's taking that step I don't know man it's he's looking like he's looking damn good that's all I gotta say he's he's playing um very well like we like we said earlier this year I think like a month and a half ago where we were talking about how he's looked good to this point it's kind of similar to that year that he got hurt in that playoff game and they had to start Connor Cook they're Gruden's doing a good job and I think um I think that it's it's going to be their time pretty soon. They're going to be they're going to be competing. He's got a ten year contract. We'll see if the, how long that plays out. But he's only in year three, and he's got him he's got him in a dangerous spot right now, in a good way. Yeah, you know you know you're in a, in a good position when you're still a fringe playoff team, but our fan base is saying you're the third best team in the AFC. Absolutely, especially our fan base that is full of like analytics nerds that don't have analytic like NFL related jobs. So. Yeah, and we have the Raiders Homer Jenna. So Yeah. Shout out Jenna. She listens. She's so good to us. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison, who's your who's your week eleven biggest winner? Yes, my week eleven biggest winner is Sean Payton because this I'm convinced that his Saints teams are like how we thought Bill Belichick's Patriots was a system and Tom Brady would only succeed in the system because when Brady went out, Castle stepped in and was successful. Jacoby came in and was successful. Jimmy G came in and was successful. We're seeing Drew Brees go down. Teddy Bridgewater wins five games last year. Drew Brees goes down. Taysom Hill looks phenomenal this year. Is Are the Saints a system team? Can you plug any halfway decent quarterback in there and Sean Payton's going to make him thrive. I mean, it's easy to do when you have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas as weapons on that offense, but it's a fair question to ask right now. Yeah. I think it's, we're seeing right now uh, we're getting to the end of some of one of the best uh, generations of quarterbacks. And we're also like in the middle of one of the best. uh, Yeah. Baby Hoppa. She's, really passionate about coaches but i think we're also like in the middle of one of the better um and one of the better <laughs> times uh for coaching between andy reed what he's got going on in kdc gruden's back in the game improving his ability to coach like we just mentioned come on kid have a sense have a sense of the time uh but andy reed um uh, lafleur looks like a really good coach he's got a good spot can you just take her out of here thank you <laughs> um 
Lafleur, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I asked for it, didn't I? Yep. It's her birthday tomorrow, so she can get an appearance on the show. I'm deeming now. But we're seeing she's looking straight at you like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> but we're seeing, I think we're seeing the end between Big Ben, Brady, Breeze, uh, you know, even guys like Rivers, um, and Rogers kind of seeing the end of one of the better generations of QB there. We're also uh, in the middle, maybe, maybe just over halfway of one of the better, better coaching um, times in the history of the NFL. Yes. But to echo your point, coaching in the NFL this year has looked better than in years past. And I think it's only going to continue to get better. You see these bright young coaches in college football. Um, like you see, the Joe Brady's of the world uh, at LSU last year making the jump to the NFL after one season. You have uh, Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator, leading the best defense in the league right now. He's for sure going to be a candidate for head coaching jobs going into the offseason. Eric Bieniemy in Kansas think, City is the OC. Even Matt Rule. Yeah, I think this is Matt Rule, too, the head coach at Baylor last year, now the head coach in Carolina. I think this is probably the most competitive the NFL has ever been coaching-wise. And I think I think some of that has to do with getting some of the old stooges, getting some of the old stooges out and letting the new, the new younger wave of football kind of take over the game. Yeah, having a sense, having a feel for the game, like not only is it important throughout uh, a legitimate game, being played but having a feel for or for your players and seeing where the league is being taken between analytics um you know things like if if you're a podcast fan you don't listen to part of my take a, a guy like warren sharp who's employed by a couple teams um who you know echoes things like we see you know not running the ball on first down you know passing the ball it's becoming a passing league while well, it's becoming more efficient um not not trying to hammer any any points home necessarily here, but just seeing the way that analytics are taking, seeing what's successful, what what a team does well with what personnel on the field is being looked at, and it's not just run the ball twenty five times and hope you have the best line to do so, and then the, the best defense, and you're going to win the Super Bowl. It's not that way anymore, and I think it's it's a better thing for the league in general as well. I mean, yeah, and it's getting that way with all sports with baseball probably being the most like relevant example but we don't need to get into a baseball analytics deep dive because we're going to be here all night and we'll be up way past baby hoppa's bedtime (laughs) probably past big hoppa's bedtime so hoppa who is your week 11 biggest loser i can't i can't oh i just i love being right sometimes and it's the baltimore (laughs) ravens i had to pick two teams I had to pick two teams. I tried not to. I tried to get creative for this segment, but the Ravens losing really overtime. To... You were going. I thought you were going to it here. I wanted to, but that's another point. I was trying to keep it fresh, so I I went. I continued the Lamar slander rather than go on the benching of Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick, almost leading them to a comeback victory. I decided to leave that alone, especially with no. That would have been my takeaway, but we decided no takeaways. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so we have uh, Ravens losing in overtime to a Titans team that, like, sometimes is good on defense, sometimes isn't. Uh, I think they have more question marks than they 
did last year. Baltimore's got to figure it out, man. Both the hardballs are really, really kind of putting their jobs in question. I mean, I don't think – I think – Baltimore Harbaugh's uh, job is a little bit safer seeing as uh, how they played last year. But I mean, this skid right now, you better, you better correct this, uh, correct it right now, because if you can sneak into the playoffs, you got to, you kind of got first round exit written all over you again, even with an expanded playoff where you could play a team that's not necessarily where you'd be there. Especially in a deep AFC. Like I can't, I can't stress enough how deep the conference is. Yeah, like a matchup like this weekend with uh, Cleveland, I think. I think they play the Browns. Play the Browns. Thursday night. Oh, uh, no. Steelers on Thanksgiving, right? They play the Steelers on Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty sure that's the, the Browns, case. Like the week after. Yeah, I think they played the Ravens-Browns as like the first game in December. Yeah. Maybe. Regardless, this week they might not even play because um, – Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins both come down with COVID. So oh, what? Knows? Did that happen today? Yes, that happened today. So who knows oh, if that, I didn't hear that Steelers-Ravens game even takes place. That's insane. Yeah, she's psyched about that, too. Yeah, She's lost... stoked. She's like, let them get the run. She's like, yeah, let's go, Dad. I love when Dad takes rights. Yeah, they've lost three or four now. Uh, with a win coming against an indie team that held the lead at halftime that lost to Pittsburgh. <sighs> Holy crap, kid. You are just something else. Uh, yeah, but then they have uh, the Steelers on Thursday uh, for Thanksgiving. She knows it's her birthday, and she's like, let's get this party started a night early. Yeah, you know, she's got... <laughs> she's like, take me to Whiskey Jacks. Take, Let's close my lock. Get me on the mechanical bowl. Let's celebrate my birthday and stuff. So let's get a little bit of this. Jack and Coke in that bottle, Dad. Let's have ourselves a night. My week 11 biggest loser is a guy that I've talked about quite a bit, but usually in a positive light. And it's going back to the New Orleans Saints. My biggest loser is Jameis Winston. You sign a one-year deal in the offseason, kind of like a prove-it deal, see if you just needed a change of scenery. Drew Brees gets hurt. You go in to replace him. Maybe it's because they didn't have a Taysom Hill package ready to play the full remainder of a game with Taysom Hill. But Jameis finishes off the game, and then he gets benched in favor of Taysom Hill the very next week and continues to be the backup. They essentially signed Jameis Winston to be a third-string quarterback, which I just don't understand for a guy of his skill and a guy of his ability if you're going to keep him as a third-string quarterback, why didn't you flip him at the deadline for a couple picks or something? Even if they were six-rounders, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. There's some magic that can be worked in that round. I just don't understand why you keep Jameis around to be a third-string quarterback. Jameis, I love you, but you are my biggest loser. That's unfortunate. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah, Taysom looks good. Yeah, I don't... I. I don't understand not starting him, but I also understand like this game is one that could have been pretty, pretty important at the end of the day um, against an Atlanta team who kind of felt like they might have had a little bit of momentum. And uh, so you have this team who, who needs a, needs a win, needs to continue their dominance. They let their defense work a little bit. 
And now, now they're here. They got the win. Taysom looked pretty good. You know, you don't want Winston to just turn over the whole the whole game. So, I don't I don't blame him. I liked I liked it. Taysom looked good, man. It's those BYU quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Taysom Hill. They just they really rack up the numbers when you combine their their touchdowns and their picks. Hey, man. Nothing better. I still haven't. Damn it! I still haven't done the ceiling statistic yet. I mean, it's probably not even worth tracking. Probably That's not. why they benched Jameis is because they didn't want you to make that graphic. They didn't want. They didn't want him to get a better deal in free agency after some scout sees that graphic and sees how many ceilings he puts up on a nightly basis. Nothing better. Not absolutely nothing better. But uh, yeah, I mean. Saints look good. NFC NFC looks like it's pretty taken care of between Saints, Tampa. Um, even the Rams look good. Rams and Tampa's going on right now. 17-17. Uh, 17-17 in the third. Uh, Packers, uh, Seahawks even, um, after they beat the Cardinals on Thursday night. Yeah, this football season is going to get a little wonky here at the end, uh, especially with the AFC, but that's what we love about football. Yeah, I mean, Phillip Rivers is about to win a damn Super Bowl, so... Go jump in Lake Erie. (laughs) All right. We've talked way too long and have been not very entertaining for entirely too long tonight. (laughs) Hoppa, do you have any closing remarks? No, uh, like I said, DM us or shoot us a text or whatever if you listen to the show and you want to get in on this pool or uh, pick them or whatever. We'll figure something out, I think doing something interactive and fun would be uh, awesome. If you have any feedback on a way to do that, that's even better because I, uh, I don't have the first clue where to start right now, but I can sure tell you I'll start working on it tomorrow, Tuesday, the 24th. Happy birthday, Lila. Yeah, big, big ideas, guys. Not very good at the execution part. Absolutely. I have more business ideas, uh, ideas to start a business than, and what kind of business that I know what to do with, but executing is not my forte. Yeah, I wanna. We probably combined text Liam five, six times a week with an idea, and is like, "Can you execute this?" Because we can't. Yeah, we're. This is. It's basically. Uh, hey, what do you think of this idea? And Liam goes, "Yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. Like, what do you like? Like, what's your plan?" And we tell him a plan. We ha- We literally have the plan on like how it could work, and then doesn't get follow through with but hey at least it's a plan then if you come up with enough ideas one of them's bound to be executable at some point absolutely i love i love being a facilitator you know let somebody else take care of it i'll drive into the lane i'll dish it off to the big man who can slam it home you know <laughs> hop of the point guard of the business Look world all right that, that'll do it for this week's episode of lecture all Happy Thanksgiving. Happy start to college basketball season. Happy birthday, Lila Rose. Happy birthday, Lila. Tune in next week. I hope we're not as boring and we're more entertaining and we have a better game plan that we can execute. Class is dismissed.